0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Beat Podcast Show, the Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome back to the Bulls Beat, Bulls, fans. Doug Thomas here with you discussing our Chicago Bulls, and I'm glad I waited till after the second preseason game. Was tempted to do a little bit of a show after the first one, but decided, yeah, the second game hits so quickly, why not just wait for the second game and then kind of get both reviewed under there and... It is definitely a much, much much more happy podcast having both of those games under our belt. Now, I'm still probably a little bit down overall about how things have gone. You you tend to only grade these things on how well your meaningful players played and how well your meaningful players played against their meaningful players. And you'd have to note that they were missing James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Christian Wood, so they're missing a lot of meaningful players. Of course, the Rockets are expected to be, I think, very, very good if all those guys come back. And i got to say, after seeing John Wall, man... James Harden, you might want to consider just hanging out in Houston. I mean, it looks like it might be okay there, and the Marcus Cousins look pretty solid as well. I mean, I, I don't know if if they mend fences, Houston might have something. I could see him basically competing for second in the West. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe they're fourth, maybe they're behind Denver, and maybe they're behind the Clippers, but boy, they could they could maybe be second too. I mean, we'll see. Anyway, who knows what'll happen there. Uh, and on to the Bulls, because this isn't the, the Rockets podcast. I liked what I saw out of uh, Kobe White and Zach Levine for the most part. I think both played pretty efficiently. You know, last game, you got 29 shots and 43 points out of them. I mean, I don't think you can ask a whole lot more than that. In the first game, you got 27 points off of 19 shots. So both guys very efficient. Combined 11 for 22 from the three-point line, each hovering right around 50%. Both playing well, so the first question you really want to answer this off season is: Can Zach and Kobe play together? And so far, I think the answer is yes-ish. I, you know, I think they've done okay. Kobe as a point guard looks a little bit unsteady the first game, and in the the first part of the second game, I was ready to completely <laughs> dismiss this idea. Yep, overreacting already. But then that second stint, he came in and he played excellently out of the pick and roll. I think he had like three assists on. You know, maybe four or five plays in a row that were all really pretty nice passes. His, his passing game has actually looked pretty solid. As a decision maker, he sometimes gets a little bit of uh, Zach-itis in there and dri- dribbles into a crowd and, you know, tries to make something happen and, and loses the ball. And, but I, I think where he's at and his, at his age and how things have gone so far, I feel encouraged enough to say I think these two guys, so far, uh, the returns are very promising that they can, that they can play together. So we'll see see what happens there. One thing I thought would have been interesting in that game against the Rockets, the second game, you see Kobe White getting blown up by John Wall early in the game. Zach Levine switches on to John Wall and gets a block on a two-point shot. I kind of wonder if like, maybe Zach Levine should be defending man-on-man against a very athletic wing instead of Kobe White. And not because I think Zach is a great defender, but you know, to the extent Zach plays defense... He plays pretty decent man defense when his man is just in front of him and he has to use his athleticism to stay in front of him. I, I think he's often pretty OK. I think where he struggles a lot is when he's trying to play man defense, loses his guy, doesn't make the right reading in time. But I think when he just has to straight up be athletic, that you're kind of using Zach Levine to his strengths athletically. And, and maybe you're better off there than trying to make him your help defender. I don't know. Just I, I, You might try it for a little bit and see what happens. I, I, I could see where he just gets blown up ridiculously and you say, no, dog, you're a moron, and you, and you flip out of that. But I, I sometimes think, I mean, Kobe White seems like a pretty smart defender in comparison, not quite the athlete that Zach is, though, and I just wonder if that might actually uh, yield a better defensive result. So we'll see if the Bulls consider trying something like that. But one of the big questions... This offseason and this year, really, is can Zach and Kobe play together? Is this a duo that you can do something around? And the early return kind of feels like, yeah, that looks looking promising, looking promising. If these guys continue to shoot like this, this team is going to be dangerous. Now, I don't think they're going to continue to shoot at 50% combined from the three-point line. But if they continue to shoot, say, like around 40%, and I don't see why that's not possible, if these two guys can both shoot around 40% in volume, I think this team is going to have something going here. I think that's really what you need out of your backcourt in the modern NBA is you need two guys who can shoot 40% from three on volume uh, to give your offense that efficient push. So that all looked good. Now, if we go to the front court, things look a lot worse. Uh, not so exciting there. Uh, Lowry marking in an okay first game, 3-5 from the three-point line, looked pretty atrocious doing almost everything else. Lots of turnovers, 5 of 8 from the field. Uh, it was, you know, a decent offensive showing there if you get rid of the turnovers. Looks atrocious on defense, which is kind of far for the course. Second game, 1 of 10 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. And really just, just laid a dud. And I got to say, like, do not extend this guy. Do not extend him. Like, I, I kind of feel like almost at, like, any cost. Like, you could be looking next year and think the MLE just seems expensive for this guy. I mean, like, what does he do for you in the NBA now? The theory is he's going to be this stretch four, right? I mean, he's not a five. He's so bad defensively to play the five. So he's not a five. And he's now kind of slow for a power forward. Like, in the modern NBA, these guys are playing people like Patrick Williams at power forward. Lowry is now slow. And if he can't rise up and just shoot over people... You know, then and hit lots of threes that way, or at least hit mid-range twos that way. Then where is his offense? Because as a dribble-drive player, like I don't see it. You know, occasionally he'll get a line to the basket, but I, I don't see it. I just I don't see Lowry as a great player in this league, and I'm not sure he's even a good player in this league because people are just ignoring the fact that outside of scoring, which he's not really done that great he really doesn't bring anything else to the table. He doesn't really bring passing to the table. He doesn't really bring defense to the table. It's an okay rebounder. I mean, for his size, he's, he's an okay rebounder, but like he gets a lot of cleanup boards. Like I don't see him fighting for that many contested boards. Like I'm just, I am just not sold here. And he has not done anything to sell me in these first two games. Now it's early in the preseason. Maybe he'll get back on track and we'll see what happens, but he's just not a fit in the modern NBA. And I just I would be very cautious about going over, man. Like I'd say like twelve million a year, maybe fifteen million a year. I don't. I wouldn't go over fifteen million a year at this point. And after these first two games, <laughs> if I had a fifteen million per year deal on the table, I'd be sitting pretty nervous about it. I'd be I'd be rethinking it a little bit right now. But I don't think you can overreact to preseason. So you you have to start thinking if you valued him at X, you know you should probably should still have that X on the table. Yeah it's still very early. These things are going to get ironed out. He's going to play much better than he has to date. But when you look at like what does he do well? What does he need to improve on? How does his body fight that body type fit in the modern NBA? What type of things is he going to be able to do on a night in and night out basis? And yeah, it's just really hard to figure out what role he's going to play that fits well. And now we're going to get to the other front court disaster, which is Wendell Carter Jr. and Carter, I said that he's going to be the beneficiary of Billy Donovan coming in and putting a new offensive scheme. And it certainly looks like we're trying. Like, we're running a whole lot of offense through Wendell Carter. And it has not gone well. Like, they, they keep giving him the ball at the top of the three point line. He's gotten the ball knocked out of his hands for turnovers that led to breakaways twice, at least. He's made bad decisions. He doesn't seem to know what to do with the ball. He's almost turned the ball over several other times. He ends up going into this pick-and-pop position and gets open three-point shots. He started off 0 for 8 before making one and then uh, kind of sarcastically cheering himself, saying, finally. It's, it's just been an unmitigated disaster for Carter. Starting. I think he's looked pretty solid on help defense. Uh, his man defense, though, like DeMarcus Cousins just like, threw him out of the way a bunch of times. Uh, he did draw a charge one of those times, but he didn't look like he had any hope of containing Cousins. So as, as a center, you know, you, you saw some of the downsides of him looking kind of small, and you're going to wonder how he's going to deal with you know, the Jokic's and Embiid's and even the DeMarcus Cousins, who are like the poor man's version of those guys in the NBA. And it, that, those returns don't look promising. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, help defense out of your center is probably a lot more important than man defense. You can probably figure out something to do those few times you get matched up on the maybe four or five guys a year that are going to be able to do something like that to Wendell Carter. But he's got to knock down some of those shots. It's okay. I'm glad he's shooting. I'm glad he's aggressive. I think that's the right thing to do. You know, this is another thing, like, you want to find out. Is Wendell Carter someone who's going to come in and be able to do something for you, or is he not? Like, find out on this roster. So, fail fast on some of these guys. It's old developing uh, development strategy. I'm a software guy. Is, uh, fail fast. You know, I like while uh, you're doing agile development, you want to you know get out there and you want things to break quickly. You want to get your product out in front of the users quickly. You want to see what you have, and you know when things don't work out because they rarely do right away, you want to know where to pivot really quickly. And so you know, so far if we're going to look at Carter in this much new expanded role, so far we're failing fast. So far, it looks like it's over his head now. Like everyone else, two preseason games don't read too much into it. But that's just where we're at right now. That's where we're now is he's going to have to play better. I really like him in this role, though. I thought this was the type of role he needed, and I think he can do well in it. Uh, so far, I'm disappointed with the results, but I'm willing to stick with this, you know, for a month of the season at least. You know, you've got to give these guys some time. So at least give them that long and, and see how it goes. But that might be, you know, something you you really find out. Like, yep, nope, this guy is really just uh, an energy guy. He's a defensive guy and a rim roller on offense, and that's kind of all you got. It might that might actually be it. You know, I thought Carter was going to give us a well-rounded game offensively, but as it turns out, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. He, he was healthy, <laughs> played, so that's a plus. You know, uh, 25 minutes one game, 19 minutes the other game. took a spill and i don't know if everyone else in bulls nation when he fell to the ground in that second game you just kind of collapsed and we're like oh no don't 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 be hurt already and then he's smiling and you're like it's okay it's okay but like man my my heart went into my chest there for a second i'm like not already but now he so auto porter's playing guy looks pretty stiff to me uh doesn't look all that quick at all i man he, he kind of feels like a four at this point to me i don't know how how well he's going to do there. But we'll see. He's, he played pretty well. Nothing, nothing special, nothing awful. Uh, shot a little over 50% from the field, only 33% from the three-point line. Uh, kind of, yeah, I don't know. Thought he was okay. You know, maybe uh, I, I think I'm just happy to see him on the floor and healthy, uh, but does not look like he's particularly spry, and maybe Otto Porter's never going to look particularly spry again. Uh, Chandler Hutchison, I thought, did uh, really well, to be honest with you. Like, his numbers didn't pop off the page, but he looked really active. I thought he played some really nice help defense. I just think he looked really solid. I mean, Chandler Hutchison might be your best perimeter defender on this team this year. I thought he looked good. His ball handling looked improved to me. He was taken to the rack a few times with some dribble moves. Didn't take a lot of shots. Did draw a lot of fouls in that first game. I liked what I saw out of Hutchison. So, I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic. I thought this guy would be outside the rotation, but I might be wrong. This guy might be a rotation player, especially because you're kind of thin at guard. You don't really got a whole lot there. So I thought that was a positive. And now we're going to get to Patrick Williams. I kind of saved him a little bit towards the end. We can talk about a couple other guys maybe. but Patrick Williams had, a, would say, a solid first game. And maybe it was just because everything else in that first game just felt so bad. You know, that you just just wanted to cling to Patrick Williams. But boy, does Bulls Nation seem excited about this kid, and I am not quite so sure why. Uh, I will say this. He looked very smooth, uh, better on offense than I anticipated with the ball in his hands. I, I think he's going to be a little bit better offensively than I thought he might be earlier than I thought he might be. I don't know. He's going to be great. but I think he's maybe going to be a little better. Now, the second game... His offense was not so great. He was one of eight until he got like three buckets uh, against complete garbage time at the very end of the game. But people are just saying, oh, he's amazing. His defense is so great. He's I didn't really see him playing defense that well. I, I think people were looking for something that wasn't there. He is not a high energy player. He is not running all over the court. He tends to just kind of float and disappear. You know, I'm not I'm not railing on the guy because he's a rookie and he's had no summer league, and he's had barely any training camp. He's got taken a lot, and so that's fine. Uh, he's a, one of the younger guys in the draft too. Completely fine that he is where he is right now. I'm, I'm not upset that he's he's not going off and doing anything. I, it's, I'm not saying the Patrick Williams era is is going to prove out to have a massive bust and and, and a huge mistake, but. I just did not see a whole lot to get excited about right off the bat. Like I, uh, yeah, it's, his debut was reasonably positive, but the one thing that disappointed me a little bit is like so people talk about how athletic he is, how smart he is. Man, he he is not moving around a lot on the court. Like he he's he's not hustling. His motor just seems pretty low to me, and maybe that'll improve. But like motor just doesn't seem like something that that guys usually get a lot better at. Uh, Maybe he's still just working out and finding his spots and understanding the scheme. You know, I think people thought his defense was just amazing and like really overthinking like every single little thing he did in the first game and trying to turn it into some great thing. In the second game, we're like, he just bit for a few pump fakes like awfully and made some really terrible, obvious decisions. Maybe people walked it back a little bit and said, okay, maybe, maybe it wasn't like everything was so great, but I, I thought he played off his guy a little bit too far, which made some of his contests poor on and defense and help defense. I think sometimes he was a step slow on offense. He has this tendency to just fade like five feet behind the three point line when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. And I'm like, what are you like? Is that the scheme? Like, what are you doing there? Like you're not in position to to shoot a three. If someone passes the ball out to you and maybe he's just trying to play the release and that's, that's where the offense is. But, I didn't really notice other players doing that so much, but I gotta admit when Patrick Williams was in the game, I was just trying to keep my eyes on Williams the whole time just to see what was happening, so I kind of ignored like a lot of the other guys. I wasn't even watching the ball, I'm just watching Patrick Williams off the ball to see see what happens so you know we'll we'll see what happens with patrick williams i'm I'm not down on him by any stretch I just I just wasn't blown away, and I thought, yeah, okay, it's fine, it's a fine start. And we'll we'll see what happens. It's a fine start. But there's nothing nothing about him that made me think, oh my goodness, I, uh, I I think this guy is a future star. And that seems to be what some of Bulls Nation kind of thinks. So let's just give Patrick Williams time. That's all. I'm not, not down, but let's just give him time. Let's see what happens. Uh, it's always okay to be a little bit excited about your rookie uh, because sometimes they can turn into something really amazing. And I think we're hopefully going to start seeing that with Kobe White this year. But... We'll, we'll see how it goes. And I, I can't remember if I mentioned it. Maybe I have early onset Alzheimer's, but Kobe White looked really solid defensively after an awful start in the second game. John Wall just crushed Kobe White in the first game and started crushing him in the second game, but he came back and did a really nice job defensively the second time around. I thought that was a great improvement. So uh, just if I didn't give Kobe White that shout-out for making the adjustment and, and doing a better job that second, second stint, uh, I just wanted to do that. And just ironic, funny note uh, Garrett Temple was out with self isolating and looking at the box score, I misread it as self loathing. And I thought, like, man, who's the comedian that is on, on doing the box score for the both sides? So I think the other few things I want to talk about for the team, a couple of things I want to talk about for the team are these first few games. They play in a lot of big lineups. I, I, mean, I think that's interesting. So in the first game, you had Setoransky. He was out the, the second game and there's some people theorizing that maybe he's in the COVID protocol, which is why he was out. It was an excused absence, but not a lot of information there. We'll see what what happens there. But they played pretty big. So in that first game, you know, the second unit, you really had a lot of big guys. Like it was like Sato, Williams, Hutchison. I think they had Porter and Gafford out there. I mean, it was like man, they're they're playing pretty big. And then you've seen different takes on that. Uh, sometimes Carter was out there instead of Gafford. Sometimes Lowry was out there. But they were playing kind of guys who you thought, like, this is, you know, three small forwards. Maybe two of them are really more suited for power forward. And one small forward and a center. And, like, just like a lot of 6'7 and like, above guys, especially with Sato out there. It was like you had a lineup of everyone who was 6'7 and bigger. And I, I thought that was interesting. And I guess it kind of just comes down to the Bulls' talent. If you're not going to play. Archie Diacono, uh, and you're gonna play Kobe and Zach together, then that's kinda what you're left with, I guess. Is is lineups like that. Like they don't really have a lot of other short cards on the on the roster. You know, this is, is kind of what you got. So I thought it was interesting. Like I hadn't really considered it. I mean, it makes sense given the personnel, but the Bulls are just they're gonna be have a big size advantage over guys. And so it'll be interesting to see how they can try to leverage that. I mean, clearly you would think if you can crash the offensive glass, if you've got a lot of size, you might be able to get something done there. Uh, size defensively can sometimes be an advantage. If you don't have the speed, though, it can sometimes hurt you. So we'll see what happens. But uh, just an interesting note, the Bulls are going to be a pretty big team. And maybe that'll change in the regular season because Kobe and Zach are going to play so many more minutes. Like You're not going to go to these five-man bench rotations. You know Those guys aren't going to play 23 minutes a game. So then you'll, you'll probably have a little bit less size on the court than... But it wouldn't surprise me if you're going to play one of Kobe and Zach, three guys who are basically 6-8 and above and then uh, a center. Like that might be a pretty common alignment to to go out there with. It'll be interesting to see if the Bulls in the regular season want to keep one of Kobe and Zach on the floor at all time or if they kind of keep these guys minutes together. Because when they're not on the floor, you kind of start lacking something. You know, these guys really did the majority of our scoring and even though I kind of ripped on him for not playing that, that well, uh, Lowry didn't really touch the ball a whole lot. That's one of the things I think a lot of Bulls fans were hoping to see this year is Lowry touched the ball a lot. And the, the ball really does kind of stick in, in Zach and Kobe's hands a decent amount. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic ends up as well. Now, I think he got a reasonable amount of shouts, shots up for a number of minutes he played. So I don't think that was a big factor, but he's not like touching the ball. He's not dribbling the ball. Like he's, the ball's not going through him a lot. You know, a lot of times he's going to pass, and then he's either taking a shot or he's dribbling into a shot, but he's not you know, touching, moving, touching, moving, touching, moving. So it'll be interesting to just keep an eye on how that goes and, and see if he gets more opportunities that way. Or if he's going to play what I call the Luol Dang role, which is like every time you touch the ball, basically, a shot goes up. You know, like you, you're you you're there as a release valve. By the time the ball swings to you, you're either taking a three or you're attacking it with a dribble closeout or attacking a dribble closeout yeah, tacking a closeout with your dribble. Uh, you know, I think one of those one of those types of things where you, you pretty much get the ball and you, you make something happen right away. And it kind of seems a little bit more like that, that second thing. And then the next thing to question is, like, who's going to be out of this rotation? So right now your starting five is Lowry, Otto, Carter, Kobe, and Levine. And, and I think we probably project that to be the starting five in the season, right? No one thinks any of those guys are going to get moved out. I think you can question whether one of those guys should get moved out, but I don't think anyone thinks any of them will get moved out uh, to start this season. And then off the bench, here's, here's like your next guys. You've got Patrick Williams. I, I feel like he has to play. He's the number four, overall, number four overall pick in the draft. He just has to play. You have to get him on the court. He has to play. I've heard people say, oh, let him learn from the bench. Don't rush him. Short preseason. Didn't get summer league. You know, you know, just let him learn. No, you have to play. You're not practicing that much during the season, especially with how condensed the season is and how close the games are. You're gonna to need to take a lot of off days for practice here. No, he has to be on the court. That's how he's gonna get better. He has to play. You don't invest the number four pick in someone, even in a weak draft, and not play him. He has to play. So he's in the rotation. I don't see how you can argue he's not in the rotation. Hopefully, he plays well defensively. Hopefully, he finds things he can do for us. And it's not a question about whether he should or shouldn't be. But he has to be in the rotation. you've got to sacrifice something else, you find somewhere else to sacrifice. So, Sadoransky, I, I think this one's interesting because it kind of depends what you do with Zach and Kobe. If you stagger Zach and Kobe, you could theoretically get away with benching Sadaransky and having Chandler Hutchison play all of the backup uh, shooting guard minutes and have either Zach or Kobe play point guard. I don't think you're going to do that, but it's like theoretically possible maybe, but otherwise Sato is going to have to play some minutes. I mean, he's really your only backup point guard. I don't think we're going to play Archie Dacono. I think he's out. So, I, I mean, just throw him out. So Sadoransky going to play. So that's, that's your first bench guy. Patrick Williams, or sorry, Patrick Williams, so that's two. Now, say you have like a nine-man rotation. You got two more. Thad Young, we haven't seen him yet, <laughs> but you got to assume he's going to play, right? I mean, so that's three. And then you got Daniel Gafford. Should he play? I mean, you kind of feel like Gafford should be in there, right? I mean, I mean, he's backup center. You don't really have any other centers. And maybe that's four. I, I don't know. But then, then you still have uh, Garrett Temple, uh, Denzel Valentine is, is some potential options. And I guess maybe, you know, so Valentine and Hutchison, maybe that's uh, a camp battle. Maybe Valentine and Sadaransky is a camp battle, depending how things go. We, we've not gotten to see uh, those guys. Valentine out with injury uh, still, so <laughs> maybe he's just done. I don't know, but I think it'll be interesting. I feel like there's, there's going to be a little bit of a squeeze uh, for minutes, and we'll, we'll see who who ends up uh, making the cut and who doesn't. Right now, I, it's tough, but I, I yeah, I kind of feel like if there's uh, maybe maybe you can get away with Gafford, Young, Williams, and Sato, uh, and Hutchison. Man, it's uh, I don't know, I don't know. It'd be interesting, It'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of camp battles, and there's going to be a couple of pretty disappointed people. And, and maybe that leads to a trade later. I don't want to say the Bulls have fantastic depth, because every time I feel that way, like three guys get hurt, and then we feel like we have no depth, and we're talking about how we couldn't overcome injuries. But it'll be interesting. Maybe injuries will just take care of that for us, as you know, the inevitable bumps and bruises of the season we're on. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, that will do it for this first edition of the Bulls beat after the games have started. Looking forward to catching up with you guys every week. And you can uh, check out my other podcast, The Big Red Bus, with C. Red Fred Pfeiffer. And I will talk to you guys next week.